Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be back on board once again. My prediction was right. The Wild are back, and they'd be trailing the Series 3-1. to That's basically what I predicted. I predicted a, a split in the next two games, so thank God. Had a bad feeling that the Series was going to end up being a sweep the way game uh, number... Three went. I thought the Wild would win Game Three. They came out flat in the first period, or at least St. Louis came out aggressive, as Lou Nanny would like to say. He was a little ticked off at anybody calling the Wild flat in the first period. More of the St. Louis was aggressive. Well, whatever it was, St. Louis was better than the Wild in the first period, and that set the tone. They score early, did the St. Louis Blues, and it's like once again, you know, you can't score first, you're screwed. You're playing from behind. Jake Allen is just can't miss. Is unbelievable. Can this is Sunday, April the sixteenth. But you're seeing a, a, a different guy in Charlie Coyle. Um, that's the good news. Charlie Coyle, a completely different player than he was <sighs> the first first couple of games, particularly the first game, just a struggle in mo- most of the most of the, the second half or so of the season. Charlie Coyle again, still finishing with 56 points in the season, so not a bad year. It's just the finish. You know, you thought he was going to get 70-ish points, and he did not. Um, he finally is able to score his first playoff goal. Very cool, uh, fun. Overall game, Zach Parisi. I thought he scored, but Coyle was able to get the deflection and Coyle aggressive throughout the game on Sunday as the Wild played much better in the second period. Again, uh, Colton Parenko starting things off. Just <laughs> Parenko, very frustrating. Uh, again, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like it was a bad shot, but again, you're, you're putting the puck on net. It's a wrister from far away, and Dubnik can't come up with a save. It's, it's just like whatever. And then Jaden Schwartz, again, you know, it's combination de- defense in front of Dubnik, and Dubnik, you know, you're hoping he could get the stop. I mean, you get all this excitement. Cool, we tied this up. Again, the Wild have to tie it up rather than take the early lead. Like St. Louis is able to get only three minutes, three and a half minutes into the game. Um, Suter, terrible throughout the game as well taking stupid-ass penalties, and just, I don't know, was, was Suter gassed out there? Uh, Mike Yo's on the other side, so I don't know if Suter was gassed or what the hell the problem was out there, but he wasn't good, that's for sure. He was able to get an assist on Coyle's goal, at least, so we can give him a little positivity on that one there. Uh, but uh, Mike Yo feeling very good about himself. Uh, the Coyle goal, 
Mike Yo. It's funny you look at Mike Yo's face, and this has been conversation elsewhere. Uh, so I'm gonna admit I'm not I'm not plagiarizing here. I'm just saying <laughs> saying other people have mentioned it. Uh, it's the look on Mike Yo's face. It's not even as if Mike Yo is the shadow, even though you kind of feel he is. It's almost like Jake Allen is the shadow. It's a combination of Yo and Allen so far in this series, but uh, well, until last night, thank God in heaven. Uh, but uh, you know, th- this shows that St. Louis is more fragile than we think. Like, sure, things have been started off very strong. They feel very uh, good. They feel very happy with themselves. They've done a good job. Uh, Jake Allen's been incredible, especially been even better than the uh, St. Louis's defense has been good. Their defensemen have been solid. They're big. They're physical. They're strong. The defensive forwards and such, um, like uh, Peter Angelo, the captain, of course, no longer Bacchus. We know that already. Um, but again, you wound St. Louis a little bit. They start to get a little worried. Uh, but Jake Allen, again, that's the one thing. Jake Allen. Very uh, very strong. Once again, the Wild getting so many opportunities in the second period, but at the same old story, same old BS. And then again, Jaden Schwartz, less than three minutes later, like really almost two minutes later, scoring on the power play after a stupid-ass imbecilic penalty by Ryan White, who I'm shocked he was still out there in game number four. Ryan White, again, just another stupid-ass penalty on the high stick, leads to the power play. All the momentum, all the good feelings you had from the Charlie Coyle goal, you're feeling good, like Coyle rewarded after, you know, he was getting some shots in Game 2 and some shots in Game 3 here on net, but that, but able to finally finish on it, capitalize on it, and it feels so good. And then Ryan White does a stupid-ass penalty, Jaden Schwartz able to score on the power play. Uh <sighs> So many times here uh, in, in this game, the Wild had gold opportunities to finish open nets and such, and you're missing. And then, of course, Eric Stahl literally had a slam dunk. And the talk is, oh, well, his arms weren't long enough to reach around. Well, I, it's not even about that as much. I mean, it's partial. Sure, it would have been nice for Coyle, maybe longer arms. Maybe he'd be able to dunk that thing in, literally from behind the net, the wraparound. But he hits the post. I mean, he hits the post. It's like missing a slam dunk in the NBA and then Jake Allen is able to get there in time and knock the puck away, and God, that would have tied it up. We would have felt a lot better about things, but that was kind of the story of the series. The shadow is here to stay. That was going to be the name of the story if uh, things go the ne- go the negative route here, particularly in a sweep. Shadow here to stay, or say if the Blues go, in, go on and win game five, which I hope they don't, but uh, overall extremely frustrating uh, game on Sunday. Of course, the empty net. The Wild gets some opportunities. Next thing you know, there's Alexander Steen with the puck around the around the neutral zone, around center ice, and he lets her lets her fly, and in the net it goes, and St. Louis wins 3-1 to one in a game. You, you hope the Wild would, would be better than they were coming out in the first period, but again, St. Louis motivated, ready to rock and roll, and Studer not with it. Just, you know, just a shaky start for Ryan Suter. Two penalties in the first half of the period, the first period. And again, no penalties. In, well, Al, Zach Greeley did get a roughing penalty. Luckily, the Wild able to survive that. Uh, Dubnik, the goal given up by uh, Parenko, just set the tone for the rest of the game. Just, what the, Sam Hill, you know, about 40 feet away. you got to make that stop. Yes, Dubnik stopped a ton of shots, and of course the third goal is unearned, you know, like in pitching. It's an unearned run because, like, say, an error or something, whereas in this case it's empty net. Unearned goal against Dubnik. Yes, you gave up only two goals, but that Parenko goal just set the tone for the Blues and the confidence they're able to kind of just stymie the wild the rest of the way. And again, Ryan White crapping down his leg, just garbage. And yet he gets ice time again in game number 
for, but very limited, very limited ice time, thank God. <laughs> Ryan White just drawing the ire of myself and many others throughout the way. Uh, Ryan White, this is, he's, he's got to be, you know, I don't understand it. It's extremely frustrating. Um, and my, uh, Mr. Uh, Boudreau getting pissed off at, uh, Michael Russo in the press conference basically saying, you're making it sound like we're bad. If you want me to criticize the team, it's not going to happen because we were freaking good tonight. And obviously, you know what he's trying to say, but he said it and he got up and walked away. Uh, Boudreau ticked off, uh, understandable, and he was a little uptight in the uh, pregame such during the day. Well, during the day, during the practices conversation. And I mean, I, you're down 3 nothing to an inferior team and you would want to say in a lot of aspects of an inferior coach. This is the second leading scoring team in the National Hockey League. Not something you expected from the Minnesota Wild in the past, so Boudreaux has made a difference and the young guys have emerged and all that. A lot of combination of good things happening. You don't expect to be down 3-0 to the St. Louis Blues, a team that hadn't been so good. Yes, Jake Allen's picked it up. Yes, Martin Brodeur's made a difference, but this much, that's that's a huge jump. It's got to come back to uh, reality here sooner or later. Wednesday the 19th, things did come back to reality a little bit. Uh, Jake Allen continued his strong play, but it was kind of like Jake Allen was Dubnik a little bit. Like, he stopped a lot of shots. He was good in the game, very strong, only gave up two goals, but both of the goals were like, oh, really? Huh. Where uh, Jake Allen made a mistake, left-hand left hand shot, Charlie Coyle anticipated it, released it as, again... <laughs> Mr. Allen rang, rang the puck along the boards, and <laughs> Charlie Coyle continuing his strong play, crashing and such, but in this case, just simply being aggressive, getting to the puck, releasing it, and putting it in there. Quick release, beautiful shot, accurate, and all that good stuff from about 35, 40 feet away. Not bad at all. A kind of a Dubnik type of... Uh, I wouldn't call this a Dubnik mistake. This is more of a Kemper kind of mistake. And this is what you'd expect out of Jake Allen in the past. <laughs> this is what you expected out of Jake Allen earlier this year. It's what you expected out of him uh, last time we played them in the postseason two years ago. Beautiful release. Nice finish by Charlie Coyle, who was strong the entire night. Of course, unassisted. Second goal in as many nights. Martin Hanzel with a similar goal to Perenko's, I'd have to say, on an incredible tip pass from Jason Tromanville. Nate Crosser bringing the puck up to Pominville. Pominville just touches the puck over to Hansel. Okay, Hansel had two defenders in front of him, but just released it, kind of a wrister. Not quite as far away as Perenko. A beautiful shot, a nice rocket. But again, you'd think this is one of those, like uh, like where you got frustrated with Dumnik in the previous couple nights. And Hansel showing a little value here. And he has looked good, to be honest. His physical play has been valuable. It's nice to have in the postseason. And St. Louis is physical... But it's nice to see a little offense out of a guy who's capable of scoring 20 goals in the season, which he did do, combined with Minnesota and Arizona. So an overall strong uh, strong game by Martin Hansel. He's been okay. He's definitely the better of the two guys, between himself and Ryan White. He showed more value. Nice to see Hansel again. And he was um, solid throughout the night. Zach Parisi's been consistently good most of the time. Not as good in this particular game on... Again, Wednesday the 19th, but um, not as good, but he was still solid, very strong, to be honest. Uh, only two shots on goal overall. Jason Zucker looked really good. You saw the lines completely change in this case. Eric Halla, who had not been playing well, and my prediction with uh, the Pucknology podcast with Chris over there in uh, the Northern California area. Check the show out, Pucknology. Um, 
I, I was telling him how Eric Halla would be the uh, the surprise. So far, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I don't know if anybody's really been a surprise for the Wild, to be honest. Uh, Marco Scandella, actually. He's been better than anybody else, pretty much, in defense. Again, Spurgeon's been awesome. And he had, again, he had multiple attempts in the first uh, second game, pardon me, the first game I reviewed, but game number three. Several attempts. He was so good in that game, but Jake Allen was there ready to stop him, unfortunately. Jake Allen just able to keep up with him. Um, unfortunately, but yeah, Jared Spurgeon to me is the overall best guy, but Scandella has been pretty damn awesome in the playoffs and, and good on him. Uh, him and Ryan Suter have been leading the team in minutes, at least in game number four. Uh, the fourth line started consisted with Ryan White. Again, I don't understand. Again, with Halla being out, so you're getting reshuffling and you're getting some changes. You're seeing a completely different type of situation here, which is kind of good. And look look at the result. A 2 nothing shutout. <clears throat> and the Wilds, the, uh, the whole uh, dynamics of this series completely changed now. Completely changed. Uh, we'll talk about the fourth line very very briefly here. They only got about five minutes out there. You didn't really see a whole lot out of them. Ryan White, a couple shots and goal. That's about it. Uh, Yule, Joel, no, Yule Eriksenak out of Sweden, of course. 2015 first round pick. Centering that fourth line, he's back. Uh, Chris Stewart, Ryan White, all about five minutes or so. Yule Eriksenak getting about 15 seconds more. So a little bit of an extra shift for him. During to uh, during the, due to circumstances and such out there, Martin Hansel remaining the third line center with Pominville, and then you added Jason Zucker to that group. So very interesting. You're seeing the uh, Grandland Pominville Zucker line or Grandland Pominville Grand Koivu Grandland Zucker line broke up for the first time since about Thanksgiving. That's incredible. Now of course you saw Halla in there, but that's because Zucker was out. So it was kind of like you had to. But Zucker moves down to the third line and was pretty damn good the whole night. I mean, you thought he was going to score. Uh, you, you you thought he might get a hat trick or at least two goals, six shots on goal. Jake Allen still very good in the game, so that's the unfortunate part. But Jason Zucker looking pretty damn good here after a couple of not so you know games. He was okay actually in this series. Better than he finished the season, I'd have to say. Uh, Jason Zucker, strong night on that third line. And then, of course, when you go up into the top six, you have a line of Koivu, Parisi Niederreiter, Eric Stahl with Coyle and Granlin. So, completely broke up the old second or first line, whatever it was, Koivu, Granlin, Zucker. Completely broke up now. Koivu, again, like I said, with Parisi and Niederreiter. Not bad. And remember, uh, those guys were often on the power play together. Or it was uh, Koivu, Niederreiter, and Granlin at times on the power play. Not not, not a bad group of guys out there. Uh, Eric Stahl still looking solid out there. Coyle's been fantastic. And good for him. Uh, Coyle looking like a top-line guy so far. The past couple games, and really, really, really happy to see what you're getting out of Charlie Coyle, as uh, maybe just maybe he will remain protected <laughs> through the Vegas thing, and he probably will. Um, again, it's the defenseman where it's actually tougher. You're getting squeezed. Some somebody's going to be gone. Scandella, Dumba. I personally, I I don't know. I I almost exposed Dumba, but well, I'm sure they'll expose Scandella. You can't really trust Scandella to continue this strong play. But an overall solid little game for the Wild, and now the dynamics of the series change. Might as well get into that right now. Uh, game 5 coming home to XL Energy Center. I think, I mean, I would be very surprised if the Wild don't win the game. I would be very disappointed if the Wild don't win the game. Uh, this is not the Chicago Blackhawks, where when they're in a a situation, an elimination game for the other team, they're killers. They finish you off. Uh, St. Louis does not appear to be a killer type of team. They've already failed once, so that's good. Uh, hopefully the Wild can continue the momentum in that sense. 
It's just one of those you never know type of things. And you hope and pray to God this continues in this positive direction. Because if it does, well, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's been an awful long time since a team has... <laughs> I mean, there have only been four teams that have come back from three games down. It actually was fairly recently. The LA Kings did it to the Sharks. Um, but other than that, though, I mean, in the past, it was way, way back. I mean, in the Stanley Cup Finals, it happened with Toronto and Detroit, I believe, way back in the 40s. Way, way back. And then you have a couple others once in a blue moon. Doesn't happen. Hockey's can, hockey is definitely a momentum sport. And when a team is hot, they're hot. Uh, but once in a while, it seems like this new era, things change sometimes. It's uh, interesting. But, you know, there's articles out there on Wild Hardcore and such. They're posting them on there uh, where, you know, it's it's an interesting situation. If the just As long as the Wild can win Game 4, the dynamics of this series change so dramatically. And the Wild could and should win Game 5. Now, of course, the New York, uh, New York Rangers did this with the Kings a couple of years ago where, you know, they lost the first three games, they win game four, they win game five, and then game six goes to Los Angeles. They're, it was so exciting. It was a possibility for the New York Islanders. The chance is still very much alive. And then, unfortunately, for the uh, the Rangers, it just wasn't meant to be. You know, they lost in overtime and all that. Uh, juicy rebound given up, and then Martinez is able to finish things off for the Los Angeles Kings, unfortunately for them. It just is what it is. Uh, hopefully the Wild don't get in that situation going into Game 6, but I absolutely expect to win in Game 5. I do. And this is the first the first of many things in this game, which are very encouraging. Uh, of course, the, the, the second line, first line, whatever it is, second line I kind of uh, broke up for the first time since around Thanksgiving. Uh, the first shutout for Devin Dubnik since December. That's just incredible. Um, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be fun going into Game 5. Still a very steep hill to climb. you still got to win three games in a row. But uh, it's Mike Yo. You just don't know if Mike Yo, can, <laughs> if Mike Yo, the other side of Mike Yo, kind of comes back and haunts him again. That would be kind of cool. Trying not to cough to death. Apologize for that. But then you go into Game 6. I, I, I don't know. I mean, most people would favor the St. Louis Blues in that situation. It all depends on how strong that momentum is. Again, Friday, or excuse me, Saturday, the 22nd of April, is a 2 o'clock start here in the Twin Cities, in St. Paul, the Exit Energy Center, and then it would be Monday, the 24th of April, should the Wild, should, would, could the Wild win Game 5? They, they really should win that game. Uh, St. Louis is the biggest one, the biggest of them all. The game of the year for both of these teams, quite honest, the biggest game of the year, like every game is in a sense, but that is the huge, huge, huge game of this series, which will change everything completely. Obviously, if St. Louis wins, it's over. But to me, St. Louis has got to win Game 6. The pressure is squarely on their shoulders because the Wild will absolutely, positively, I'm putting it in stone, win Game 7 at home. And it's not just because it's a home game. It's because, well, the momentum. The momentum shift in the Wild's favor. I don't think St. Louis is this tough Chicago Blackhawks type of team which would be able to shut you down. Now, we'll talk about the Blackhawks in a minute, too. Maybe things are different for them right now, but at the same time, this would mean the Blackhawks up 3 nothing. You're not going to come back and beat the Blackhawks when they're up 3 nothing. Even if you win Game 4, they'll beat you in Game 5, and it's all over, which is exactly what happened a couple of years ago. And, yeah, it was all over. Um, and, of course, the dynamics of this series are a little different and such. We are the better team. The Wild have been the better team the entire series, for the most part, except for that first period in game number three, where the Blues clearly outplayed the Wild. Game number one, it wasn't even close. Game number two, the Wild were better. Still lost 2-1, to 2-1. to one. Then, of course, 3-1 to one because of the empty net goal allowed 
in game number three. That was the only difference, to be quite honest. But again, again, I thought the Wild were more, much more sloppy in game number three. The Wild were sloppier in game number two than they were one. One where the Wild should have won that game five to one, six to one, seven to one. It should have been an absolute embarrassment, and it just wasn't the case. Um, but again, game number five to me. The Wild need to win. I mean, absolutely a winnable game, a very much winnable game, and the Wild will win it. I'm going to go with a final score. 3-1 to one Minnesota. The Wild will win that game. 3-1 to one victory. Most likely got a score in that game. Eric Stahl is due for something. He's very much due. And Charlie Coyle, I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps it going, but Eric Stahl need a rider. Guys like that. But Stahl, I'll officially put most likely guy to score in that one. Game number six, most likely guy to score in that game will be... God knows. No, uh, most likely got a score in that game on the road in game six for the Minnesota Wild is going to be Zucker. Jason Zucker will score in St. Louis, and hopefully it's a momentum builder because of the Wild win game six. They will win game seven. Um, the Wild... Uh, right now, if I'm a betting man, I pick St. Louis to win game six. I'm, I'm just standing at that right now. Uh, right now, you know, I'm going to pick all these games at this stage because I don't know when I'm going to come back to record again. The schedule's getting really tough unless it rains. And, I don't know, the rain has really screwed things up here. Things went from easy to hard now, and it sucks. It's it's disappointing, so i got to get this show done today. Um, right now, if I'm a betting man, I think St. Louis will win 3-2, to two, something like that, in game number 6. But it all, all depends on the momentum. But right now, I'll say St. Louis wins game six. That's just my guess. But if they don't, and the Wild win, whatever it is, the Wild will win game seven at home. It'll be something along the likes of four to nothing, three to one, something like that. It'll be a solid win for the Wild. Maybe two to one, really close. Two to one, two to zero. Most likely guy to score in game number seven. I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with Parisi or Niederreiter. I'll go with Parisi in that one. Game number seven, the Wild will win and defeat the St. Louis Blues in the series in a four-zero comeback. In that in that scenario, right now I favor a four-to-two series victory for St. Louis in game number six. But the Wild at least make things interesting. It'll be like a three-to-two game for the St. Louis Blues. Might go to overtime, but some bullcrap will happen and the Blues will win. That's just my guess. That's just how it goes, I think. But a comfortable victory in game number five will at least extend the series, and we'll see what happens should the Wild win game six. But I think it goes into into overtime or at least the final minutes of that third period. Empty net, whatever it is. It'll be very, very close, very tight. Three to two victory for St. Louis, in my humble opinion. Again, Wild would win comfortably in game seven if they're lucky enough to get there, fortunate enough to get there, puck luck, whatever it is, or just St. Louis uh, absolutely starts to lose it. It'll be like a four to one, three to one type of game, maybe even five type of game for the Blues, where the Wild just crush that club and move on to the second round. The only problem is, well, the team we might be playing. It might not be the Blackhawks, but I'm kind of scared of them, and we'll talk about that in segment number two, the postseason in general, right after this. back here on Brave the Wild. It's just going to be wall-to-wall postseason here. Briefly cover the other series out there. Eastern Conference, 
the Montreal Canadiens and New York Rangers. That series is tied up 2-2. Two to two. Haven't really followed this series particularly close because I, I don't really see either one of them making a huge run. But then again, I mean, I don't know, is... is, is uh, do the Ottawa Senators really look like a huge threat? So, I don't know. I mean, who, whoever comes out of that real tough group over there, which probably is going to be Pittsburgh, the way my guess, but who knows, maybe Toronto will, uh, the other the other group down there, the other bracket. They're going to have a very, fairly easy uh, conference final, i got to think. But I don't know. I mean, you never know what's going to happen with that. Uh, Ottawa's up three games to one. They've certainly been outplaying Boston. The Bruins don't look like they... They, they, they look just like a mediocre playoff team. They look like the kind of team that should have been playing Washington instead of Toronto, but it seems like it always turns out that way, where better teams end up playing each other. I mean, Toronto, yes, they're like the quote-unquote eighth seed. They're the second wild card and all that, but they're they're a skilled team. They're well-coached, all that. It's just early, I suppose, and I, I don't know. It's kind of like when the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder played the Lakers years ago in the first round of the playoffs. It's like, oh, what a bummer. Why couldn't it be somebody else? But sometimes that's how it goes. Uh, you know, you wish it was the Bruins or something playing the Capitals and Toronto maybe would play Ottawa. It, it could get real interesting there. Uh, New York and Montreal. That's a It's a good series. It's two skilled teams. I probably still expect either one of them to beat Ottawa, but Ottawa's playing pretty good and good on them going up three games to one against an inferior opponent. Toronto's been outstanding. Uh, they barely lost in the first game like we talked about. And then... Or did we talk about? Yeah, we did. And then Toronto evening things up. We only talked about the first game briefly. Toronto evening things up. A strong second game. And then you get game number three. The, the Toronto Maple Leafs win the third game. But then Washington strong performance. Toronto hanging in there. But the Washington Capitals end up winning 5-4. to four. Series tied 2-2. Two to two. Anything could happen there. And boy, wouldn't that be cool. It's an early sign again that the Capitals are, are they're not going to win the Stanley Cup. And they're not going to get to the finals. And if they do, good on them, I guess. Uh, Pittsburgh up three games to one. They took a three-game to zero lead, unfortunately, and the young defenseman for the Columbus Blue Jackets, Zach Warensky, was the was the young man. Just a kind of a gruesome sight as he's kind of laying down, hitting the face, basically right about the eye, basically in the eye, blood just streaming, and then of course you get the darkness and the stitches and the the black eye. He goes back out there and toughs it out, wearing a full. Uh, shield the poor guy he ultimately had a, a facial fracture in that situation so not only was he gashed and, and bruised and all that but also fractured to the bone in the face so unfortunately Zach Wawrenski out for the remainder of the playoffs but still played in that game what a tough son of a gun and that's that's hockey for you um, unfortunate for him though that uh, he will not be able to continue into the postseason Zach Dulp, also a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. They finally win a game just like the Wild. They win game number four. Pittsburgh up 3-1. to one. And unfortunately for Columbus, Pittsburgh still very likely to win that series. It's just kind of one of those things. It is what it is. But nice overall solid uh, job by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Nice to see Columbus at least stay alive. So good for them. Uh, Toronto Hopefully they can get things done, but right now I'm still leaning Pittsburgh to win the Eastern Conference again, unfortunately. I don't think they're going to win the Stanley Cup, but maybe. <laughs> maybe they will go back-to-back. It's real rare. But right now, it's got to be Pittsburgh. Or it's Pittsburgh. It's it's kind of sad, again, that Pittsburgh and Washington would have to play each other in the second round if the Capitals ultimately do get there. It's like you wish it was Montreal or something versus Toronto. That would be kind of cool. Two old Canadian teams again there. Um, of course, you got Montreal and Ottawa. That would have been an interesting series, like it always is. Maybe New York versus Boston. You know, more regional type stuff rather than all these weird kind of 
all over the place type of matchups. And then only Pittsburgh and Columbus are the close ones, and it's just same old crap. Columbus basically looking at their version of the Chicago Blackhawks in the Eastern Conference. Talking about the Blackhawks, should I save that for last? I guess. Um, Edmonton looking so strong there. They're able to win. Uh, they lose the first game. The Sharks mount a great comeback. Then they win the next two games. Connor McDavid strong there. And Talbot looking, looking like an unbeatable goalie, getting the shutout. And then the Sharks unload and crush Talbot in game number four in, the, uh, in Edmonton. That was quite a shocker. Just an absolute obliteration of the Edmonton Oilers in that game. And you know what? Congratulations to the, <laughs> to the, to the San Jose Sharks there. So they tie that series up two games to two. Edmonton Oilers don't have home ice advantage because they were the number three seed in that division. So I don't know. It kind of is what it is there. Seven nothing obliteration. That second period, a flurry of four goals for the San Jose Sharks. So congratulations, Chris and the Pucknologies podcasters out there. Big, big night for the Sharks. They're looking pretty good again. Edmonton is still to me like a possible underdog conference finalist for me. You just never know. But the Ducks, boy, the Ducks just rolling past the Calgary Flames. I didn't like that very much. I, I'm a Flames fan. I like Calgary Flames. I love their logo, love their fan base. I love the Atlanta Flames, too. I got an Atlanta Flames hat. Of course, the North Stars, the Wild, even the Whalers, I like them more. But still, well, Whalers barely. I mean, I love the Whalers and the Flames. You know, they were fun teams to keep up with in the past. Uh, Atlanta Flames, I think, is one of the coolest logos out there ever. And, of course, the... Calgary Flames keep that as uh, for their alternate captain uh, sticker on the jerseys. Pretty damn cool. Uh, gotta love it. Um, it's awesome. Uh, but unfortunately for the Calgary Flames, taking they finally took a lead in Game Three. They were doing all right, up four to two. But Elliott giving up just weak, softy goals and giving up one very early in that fourth game. That was a surefire sign. Just you know, put Chad Johnson in there, and the finally the Calgary Flames do that. The coach there, and then, <laughs> and then Anaheim still able to able to maintain their lead. Calgary just not getting the job done. Cal- Anaheim adding a goal right away with Chad Johnson in there, two nothing lead. Almost nothing the Flames could do, and of course, Mister the young and very talented Mister uh, Mister Gibson out there getting the job done. John Gibson there uh, getting the job done for the Anaheim Ducks throughout the night. Flames so many attempts, thirty seven. They were very solid. But none of them getting past Gibson. For the most part, a 3-1 to loss for the Calgary Flames. And they're the first team to be eliminated from the playoffs. And the only team that gets swept. The Wild don't get swept. The Black Blue Jackets don't get swept. That sounded weird. And there it is. The Flames oot already. And that kind of sucks. I'm not happy about that at all. Uh, Columbus again survived, like I mentioned. Uh, that leaves us with the Chicago Blackhawks and the National Predators. Well, the Blackhawks are the final team that could get swept in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, the Blackhawks might get swept in the first round. <laughs> oh, harsh med out there if you're listening. Look at you. Look at you. All this stuff. All this stuff. All your Blackhawk fans out there talking all this stuff. Okay, yeah, you probably have the right to talk all this stuff, but at least, I don't know. I still like Blackhawk fans more than Golden State Warrior fans or Seattle Seahawks fans. That's for damn sure. Denver Nuggets, too. Portland Trailblazers. Ugh. But those are all basketball, mostly. Um, oh, Colorado Avalanche fans, yuck. Um, mm, well, 3 nothing. <laughs> oh, man. Game number two was an absolute ass-whooping after a one nothing victory. 
for Nashville, just stymieing those Blackhawks. And then a 5 nothing win for the uh, Nashville Predators. That was freaking awesome. Demolition Derby. No goals for the Blackhawks in the first two games. The best offense ever, right? Well, it should be. I, I don't know, but Pecorine woke up when he needed to. Good. Good on Pecorine for waking up. And the Blackhawks should be about the best offense ever, at least right now. 5 to nothing ass-whooping in game number two on Saturday, April the 15th. And then you come into game number three. Ended up going in... Uh, Ended up going into overtime. Ultimately, the Blackhawks uh, still cannot win that game, unfortunately for them. The Blackhawks taking the early lead. They're up 2 to nothing. Things are going okay. The Nashville finally scores in that third period. Finally gets rolling. Oh, boy. They were able to finally got through Corey Crawford. That was the good news. And then the controversial second goal where it looked like Corey Crawford was interfered with, but he was out of the blue box. He was out of the blue box. So, unfortunately for Crawford, you're setting yourself up for a fall. I mean, he was barely out, but he was out. So, very fortunate there for the Predators as the puck does go past Mr. Crawford on the release. Forsberg able to score there. And the Blackhawks (laughs) extremely frustrated as the game is tied late. Ha ha. Gotta love what took place there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, man. Very fortunate. Forsberg able to net his second goal of the game after he was able to get one early in the third period, getting the the National Predators on the board. And then Fiala able to beat Crawford about three minutes into the overtime period. And the Blackhawks down three to nothing. They just kind of walked out of there like, oh, my God. I cannot believe what's happening. Uh, of course, the uh, controversial tying goal was reviewed and they said nope it's not interference sorry even though it looked like it it's not because he was out of the blue box and contact with the goalie is possible in that situation otherwise it's not supposed to happen when they are in the blue box especially with a shot that would not be a goal so it is what it is um the (laughs) Ottawa Senators why am I calling the Ottawa Senators Nashville Predators that's why Predators Senators whatever that's stupid uh, take a 3 nothing lead. The Blackhawks are reeling, and we'll see what happens. Close them out, Predators. You have to. You don't win game four, you are in big trouble. You think the St. Louis Blues are in trouble? The Predators are in massive trouble if they don't win game number four. Even though it's almost impossible, it's the freaking Blackhawks. It is. Uh, you're going to beat you're gonna beat the Blackhawks? you got to do it early, and you got to do it often in that first round, and that's the key there. Right now, it looks like Nashville versus Minnesota, huh? Well, I hope so. But probably Nashville versus St. Louis. I'm kind of sticking with, uh, well, I'm not sticking with the Blackhawks winning the Stanley Cup anymore. Now, it's really interesting. Of course, the Ducks eliminate the, uh, Char- uh, the Sharks. The Ducks eliminate the Flames. Now, I don't know who's going to win the Stanley Cup. It might be Washington or Pittsburgh. Oh, God. Or the Wild. No, I don't know. Uh, more than likely a St. Louis and Nashville because Wilds still have to win three games in a row to get there. So let's be realistic for the moment. More than likely, Nashville versus St. Louis, and then Anaheim versus, I don't know, it might be the Sharks. Maybe the Sharks go back to the finals. Maybe they're ready to go. I mean, Talbot, who was just in, you know unbeatable, looks awfully beatable now. I mean, seven goals given up? That's a lot, man. So who knows? Maybe it's uh, Roberto Luongo all over again, either hot or cold. Uh, I still think, though, you know, I want to say the Oilers win the series, but the Sharks have regained home ice advantage in the series. They've regained it now. Uh, it's it's theirs. They, they have to win game five, though, or Edmonton temporarily gets it back for game number six. 
uh, an attempt to close out the Sharks. I, I still favor the Oilers in the series, but the Sharks have the pedigree. They have the experience. They have they even have home ice advantage. Again, it doesn't mean as much. It's hard to say where we're going to go after this. Um, Ottawa New- Ottawa's going to beat Boston. They're going to win the series in five or six. So there it is. Ottawa advances. It won't be a seven-gamer anymore. I still think Montreal's going to beat New York, but I don't know. I mean, New York and Montreal, both veteran teams, both experienced, both solid, both talented. I think Montreal's a little better. I think they'll win the series. There's Montreal and Ottawa, back-to-back again. Montreal will go to the Eastern Finals, in my opinion. We'll see what happens. Pittsburgh versus Washington. Pittsburgh versus Toronto. Can Toronto get it done? They can, but I think it might be Capitals at seven. Pittsburgh would then win the series in six, in my opinion. Pittsburgh, Montreal, maybe the Penguins win the Cup again. I don't know. I, I don't know who's going to win the West now. I have no idea. How about I just leave it for now? I have no idea at this moment. Uh, right now, I think the Predators are very likely to go to the West Finals, maybe even the Stanley Cup, but right now, maybe Anaheim-Pittsburgh, I guess. Anaheim-Pittsburgh-Stanley Cup Finals. Maybe the Ducks win again with... Uh, Randy Carlyle. Maybe Randy Carlyle gets his second Stanley Cup with the Ducks. I mean, they look pretty damn good right now. Uh, Pittsburgh and Anaheim right now. And just because I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh's going to go back-to-back, even though they did do it 20-some years ago. It's just 20-some years ago. So right now I think Anaheim might be the team that's going to win the Cup at the moment. So we'll leave things as is with that. Uh, tiny bit of fan interaction here. Might as well get to it. Uh, let's start with the Twitter at Brave the Wild at Brave the Wild. Want to thank at uh, Want to thank Hockey Podcasts for retweeting the show. I don't know why this just. I hate when it does that. Okay, uh, <laughs> at NHL Podcast at NHL Podcast. Thank you again so very much for retweeting the show. I really appreciate that. It helps a lot. Um, so we'll give them that shout out. Vince Germano and Tanae Brown both retweeting the recent show, episode number 152. Brent Pope likes it. Thank you very much. And see, follows and this and that. And the Chris responded to when I said bleep Jake Allen and the endless lucky breaks. Yes, and there were. I was saying I hope they get swept by Nashville, and they probably will. Well, maybe. <laughs> I, I think Nashville is going to the West Finals, by the way. Maybe even the Stanley Cup Finals, Peter LaViolette. I, I would favor the Ducks in that series, but I don't know. I mean, the Ducks look pretty damn good right now. Uh, but the Flames, I, I don't know what to think. Were the Flames that bad or were the Ducks that good? Uh, Elliot was not good in that series, though. Very disappointing. I would have put Chad Johnson in a little earlier and hoped for the best. Johnson did hold, hold things together pretty well, I thought, for Calgary. Um, okay, the 3-1 to one victory for Anaheim because of the empty netter. Uh, Kemper Cougar says that she believes that Suter's been better, uh, that... Uh, who was I talking about there? Scandella was saying, wow, Scandella. Hope. <laughs> yeah, so Scandella just had a bad moment, and then I ranted about it. But no, Kemper Cougar, you're, you're right. Uh, she said, I think uh, he's been better than Suter this series. And yeah, I don't know why I ranted on Scandella when he was actually great. He was he was above average during the series, particularly last night, though. Uh, he's been pretty good in the series. I shouldn't I shouldn't say great, but good. He's been like a B on a, on a letter grade. Suter's been like a freaking C or F. Um, I forgot to give out the awards last segment. And let's say, I don't remember if I did or didn't. Uh, I was telling her I don't disagree with that. Suter's been awful and undisciplined. So, yeah, I, I should give the award real quick. I forgot to do that. That's terrible. Uh, Mike Madonna award, if I didn't give it out, is Charlie Coyle. 
The he's just been so strong, uh, and it's nice to see him emerge. The uh, James Shepard Memorial, Ryan White with a bullet, with an honorable mention to Ryan Suter, who's been awful. So the Ryans are the uh, James Shepard Memorials to this point. Uh, that's the end of the. <laughs> that's the end of the. Uh, the, the Twitter account, the Chris, I guess, uh, he liked what I, uh, he retweeted when I said Alan should play the lottery. He'd probably win it three times in a row. This is a joke. Yep, I was so frustrated. Game number six. So the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash bravethewild.minnesota, facebook.com forward slash bravethewild.minnesota. I'll also give a quick shout out to MNW players. That's facebook.com forward slash MNW players. Pavel and Merrick. Thank you guys so very much. Pavel Bonnet and Merrick Skyba. They cover everything from Zach Creasy, Devin Dubnik, Eric Stahl, all the way down to the Quad City Mallards, uh, Sam Warning, whoever, all the way down there. Luke Cunning with the Badgers and now the AHL, Iowa Wild and such. Very cool. So thank you again very much. They're nice enough to allow me to post uh, post links to the page to uh, the Brave the Wild show. And also... I've been admin on that page as well, so because obviously we like to talk about prospects on that page along with the Minnesota Wild, and I like to get into the prospects along with the Wild on this show. So thank you very much, uh, Pavel, for having me on board there. Okay, where was the... Yeah, there's the extra post. Um, Thank you, Brenna and David Patterson, for the likes there on the recent post. And... Dmitry Sokolov added, uh, had a goal in only a second game with the Iowa Wild. He was brought in with the tryout. Also, Carson Soucy brought in with the tryout, but did not play with the AHL Wild at this stage. But he will be he has signed a pro contract, two-year contract. Carson Soucy is on board. And, of course, Dmitry Sokolov. He's going to the AHL now, more than likely. He scored a goal in only a second game. So, extremely exciting. I posted that on the Facebook page. So, a little bit of prospect talk here. I was almost going to say there's no prospect talk, but there is. Uh, me and Benny Allen got in a nice little conversation. Benny Allen out of Australia, so an NHL fan out of Australia. How cool is that? He said, what do you think Zucker's being taken by Vegas and Sokolov, or however you spell it, uh, coming up to the big club? I think it's not yet. It would be crazy. It would be a huge surprise. It would be awesome. But I think if it's uh, any... Buddy jumping up, I think it's Luke Cunning, and I was saying how Cunning is actually already ahead of Alex Tuck, even though Tuck has shown encouraging signs the past couple of weeks. So yes, um, that's what I'm thinking. I think uh, Boudreaux is going to want significant changes if, uh, say, the Wild lose Game 5. I, I think Boudreaux is going to want significant changes, and you know what? I think they, the team should have some significant changes, and of course you got the nice young wave with Cunning, Tuck, and, uh, well, maybe Sokolov at some point. and that hopefully will continue to develop. He's been adequate in the playoffs, but really just just adequate, just kind of raw. Conan could be really something. Already a hat trick at the AHL level, only his third game at that stage. He's been a force down there. Uh, what was it, seven points in nine games? So not bad for Luke Conan at the AHL level. Not bad at all. Uh, Benny Allen continues saying he, uh, he couldn't agree more. Who do I see going? I think we also need to find a backup that can play 20-plus games and winning percentage. Yeah, I mean, I hope the Wild can bring in a backup goalie. Right now, Alex Stalock is on a one-way NHL contract next year. That's the only way we could protect Dubnik, though maybe we shouldn't have. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know if Vegas would took, take him or not with that contract, though. Um, I was saying I would like Eddie Lack. That'd be cool. I think the fourth line is, well, the whole fourth line is wide open because uh, Stewart, well, he's here for one more year, but eh, you know, Ryan White's not going to be back. 
Martin Hansel, who knows? Maybe. He's been okay in the playoffs, but he's going to have to be reasonable with that contract. It's pretty high right now. Even White's is real high for what he is. Uh, the pressure's on Halla, Stewart, Coyle at the time, and there still should be Nita Ryder. The pressure's on those guys. Um, maybe Pominville gets bought out, but I think it's still fairly expensive. I would like to bring in Eddie Lack. I, I used to be obsessed with Brian Elliott in the past, but uh, Eddie Lack, I think, would be a nice backup brought in. It looks like he's under contract at this stage, so we'll talk more about free agency in a time, but Lack would be cool. I think Benny Allen likes that idea, too. Thinks Lack would be awesome, not against Dumba going, but then again, I wonder if he will develop into a poor man's Brent Burns in a few years. Uh, as long as Spurgeon doesn't go. Yeah, but Spurgeon has to be protected. He's the best defenseman on the team, I think. Uh, I think Scandella, Dumba, one of those two could be gone. Or Zucker. It's one of those three. Those are kind of the big three possibility going to Las Vegas, in my humble opinion. Uh, Benny Allen says, I don't see Stalock being any better than Kemp's at backup, though. Will certainly be an interesting offseason, and I'd be happy if Palmer went also. Just a waste of money. And yes, expensive. Uh, he had a solid year. He had 48 points, so better than last year. But uh, of course, when Torchetti came, Pominville played better, and then he conveniently had a freaking concussion, which is too bad. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, it's gonna, it is going to be an interesting offseason. I better not go too much into that yet, but the offseason's coming, like it or not. It's I, I don't know. I mean, it's still very unlikely the Wild will beat the St. Louis Blues. I hope they do, but right now I think it's still going to be St. Louis in six now. Uh, I had Wild in six originally, and I think that was a very safe assumption the way the Wild looked off, freaking awesome in game number one. You know, you just win one of those games. It's a 2-2 series, and I think that sets up very nicely for a six-game victory. Maybe, you know, it, it, it just sucks. I mean, if anybody should be up 3-1 to one right now, it should be the Wild. It, it's such a shame. It's just freaking Jake Allen. You know, even it's a lot more Jake Allen than Mike Yo, I got to think. Uh, sucks. Uh, Tarasenko hasn't scored. He's hit the post many times, that type of thing. So we've been fortunate in that sense. Maybe Tarasenko would have gone off. It was more of an offensive series, but I don't know. He hit the post. That's his own fault. He missed. And then Dubnik luckily able to stop the ones that Tarasenko was throwing at him along the way. So right now, I think Blues and Six still. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully it's Wild and Seven. It's either Blues and Six or Wild and Seven, though. We're, we're at that point now where we can predict the uh, outcome of the series, not just a couple games at this stage. Blues and Six or Wild and Seven, end of the, end of the day. So, mm. But right now, again, I highly favor Blues and Six. Not because I want it, but because of the likelihood. So let's wrap things up here. Thanks again. The Facebook page, I mentioned all that. There's the call-in line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, opine. Keep it from one to three minutes. It's a three-minute limit on that phone line. There's the call now button. Also, if you're international, you can go right through Facebook Messenger, so it's 100% free, 100% fun. <laughs> and then there's the audio submission route, which is... Just use your smart device, uh, free voice recorder, use that. Treat it the same way as a phone call. Like you could get that to five minutes or so, and then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and there it is. Uh, then I'm able to slide it right into the show, and there, very simple stuff. All the information will be in the show description, the Facebook pages, and Twitter account, and phone line, and all that, and email. Thanks again. Hopefully the Wild are able to pull off one of the awesome comebacks of all time. Otherwise, please tell your friends about the show. Please write a positive rating on iTunes if you could. Give me a positive review if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you hopefully sooner than later. 